This week on the Throncast, our heroes hatch a plan to hide Leia on Kashyyyk, Thrawn and Sabiath butt heads once again, and Luke reminds us that he's not just a Jedi, he's also the best damn starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Sorry, Wedge. Reverse trigger your acceleration, compensators. It's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. The previous attacks were clumsy, but this one was swift, precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 13 through 16 of Heir to the Empire. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-hosts, Brian. Hello, hello. Matthew. Hello. Amanda. Hello. And Tyler. I want to have coffee with Luke Cage. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? I'm sorry. I just want to have coffee. In this podcast, it's called Calf. Calf. Right, right. It's, not, it's not coffee in any That's event. right. We have to use the Star Wars words. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. It's also no, not no. paper. It's you'll, 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 understand, you'll understand when you watch the show, but uh, <laughs> Matthew gets it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, I don't think we have any announcements this week, so we can get right on to the discussion. We are no uh, and Rebels this week, which is garbage. I Boo. know. F minus episode. I mean, 22 minutes no, of boredom and 20 really seconds. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. But Although this week we get Wedge, so we might have to discuss him on next week. I'm done with that. Yeah, but yeah. Like Wedge versus Maul. I mean, just the Wedge cast. Who's better? It's Matthew. Every it could po- be the wedge cast. Matthew, yeah, every I podcast wedge have robot legs. <laughs> Matthew, every podcast I personally am on is the wedge cast. So there. Although honestly, can we talk for a second about how much of a downgrade Maul went from having awesome spider legs to just two regular <laughs> droid legs? Like, what was he thinking? He was awesome, Spider Maul. Like that's that's incredible. Um. Well. If you ever lose your legs, Matthew, we'll be sure to get you spider legs as the replacement. Right. Damn straight. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> we can talk about the book now. No so uh, last week we ended on a cliffhanger. <gasps> and uh, so just to skip ahead behind the curtain, uh, in December, we'll be taking a hiatus for Rogue One. I haven't looked ahead. How have you scheduled this? Cl- oh, no. This? And uh, so I today I, I was like, oh, yeah, last week's cliffhanger was really good. I want to see what we end on before our hiatus. And I looked and oh, wow, it's a really big cliffhanger. And I was like, yes, I couldn't have planned that even if I tried. <laughs> so <laughs> so get ready for December. It'll be fun. So uh, this week we start off with uh, the with Luke being very worried about the Star Destroyer that has just appeared 
near Nicklon Camera Planet. That <laughs> planet named by the Welsh. Yeah. That's going to be my favorite running gag. Camera Planet. Uh, Luke isn't really worried about the Star Destroyer because he knows that it's being fried by the sun as they speak. However, the TIE Fighters safe in the hangar are being protected right now and once they come on the dark side of the planet they'll be able to launch and attack the mining base and also their ships which makes me think of man those are really good shields the hangers have that <laughs> those those magcon shields are are nothing to laugh about so Luke oh you mean the shield ships no, no, the uh, like in the star destroyers, the whatever the containment fields that protect. Oh yeah, the uh, magcon fields that yeah. uh, keep the atmosphere in. Yeah. Oh, the the doors are probably closed at this point. No, I li- yeah, I, I think they might that, have a door. That is logical. I like to think of the the other way. <laughs> okay, but Matt, yeah, also assume, probably the Empire doesn't was, care. I was actually like, thinking about the the shuttle bay on the Enterprise. So actually, I don't <laughs> wrong! know if. if if there are doors in the Star Wars universe. Wrong sci-fi. I mean, there are doors. We've seen There's doors. There's blast doors. Um, yeah. There's blast doors. But I also think the Empire probably, like, Toronto didn't care that much, right? Oh, no. Like, Thrawn oh, doesn't oh, care. A few stormtroopers, oh. few TIE fighters get fried in the process. Yeah. Meh. Nah. Yeah. No, he doesn't care. So Luke and Han, uh, once the jamming clears, they formulate a plan to fight the TIE fighters. And plan is a very loose way to describe what they're doing. It's basically like, uh, you go left, I go right, and we'll and take let's the try TIE to fighters. shoot them before they shoot us. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Luke, it's a little more involved than that. <laughs> Luke uses the force to kind of mess with their minds and. There's some nice introspection here where he is thinking about, did the old Jedi ever fight this way? And he doesn't like, he doesn't like messing with people's minds. And also he says that this is his first space combat as a full Jedi, which makes me think, <laughs> I think that was retconned you know, over the years. I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think the guys at Rogue Padron might be able to talk to us about that. <laughs> you know, every Can we time we talk Luke- about this. Oh, go ahead. Every time Luke thinks about the old Jedi, I just want to be like, hey, buddy, don't worry about it. They were assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you're thinking, they were worse. Yeah. Can we talk about this Jedi reference, this Return of the Jedi reference for a second? Because he says that he befuddled the minds of the Gamorrean guards at Jabba's Palace. That's not what he did at Jabba's Palace. He force choked them. He totally choked them out. Yeah. He's clearly force choking them in Return of the Jedi. What the hell is on going on over here? I think this was a... Continuity the, error that was not caught is basically what I think it was. I, or Luke is like so ashamed of himself <laughs> for going straight to violence, like literally right for I the mean, throat. I, he's retconned it in his own memory. I have to think that Zahn knew watching the movie that he was force choking those Gamorrean guards. I'm wondering if he got a little note from Lucasfilm at the time saying, no, that's not what happened. I don't <laughs> Or maybe he just wanted to like do the the mind confusing thing and just wanted to like have precedent for it. So that it use their minds like... by depriving them of oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that counts, right? I mean, yeah, technically that that the science you can make that work, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it is, is it, an uh... interesting idea though of like you know sort of clouding the the minds of the the Tie Fighter pilots so that they're you know. I mean, he's basically doing the opposite of what Kaboth is doing. Right. Sabioth. 
That's your damn mouth. <laughs> Death hands. Um, and I am very curious about his remark of this is his first space combat as a full Jedi. And I'm like, dude, you were a full Jedi in Return of the Jedi, which was five years ago. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you had things happen after that. Shadows of, all on Shadows of Mindor. Didn't he do some piloting in Truce of Bakura? Yes, he did. Uh, he, pro- he probably means like using the force offensively like this Maybe. rather than just like defensively like to improve his reflexes or whatever. No, what he means is that those other books hadn't been written yet. <laughs> <laughs> what we really mean here is the continuity was a hot mess. It has been and it always will be. What we really need is a droid who understands the language of binary it's an interesting contrast, though, because like Kavath is like, you know, the dark Jedi and Luke's the the good guy. But Kavath is the one who's like, you know, providing unity and stability and, yeah. and harmony and, and bringing people together with his mind. And, and Luke's the one that's like, you know, trying yeah. to, to to mess that up. It's an interesting uh, it's an interesting contrast. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mr. Sabioth because Creeper is Ooh. Creeper is creepy. You know, jazz hand. Ripped Obi-Wan. Let's talk about Ripped oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, Okay. <laughs> um, I was confused there for a second who you're talking about. <laughs> so, I, 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 I'm so happy that this is my legacy. Ripped Obi-Wan. <laughs> ripped Obi-Wan. <laughs> so, um... It's for them, my bio, creator of Ripped Obi-Wan. <laughs> it'll be on your tombstone, your epitaph. So while Luke is fighting and reaching out with the Force, he hears this voice in his head basically telling him to come find him, seek him out. You will go to the Dagobah system. No, you will find me and the Jedi shall rise again. And I'm like, uh, ah, it's so, so creepy to read. And Luke doesn't doesn't know what's going on, but all, you know, sadly, Sabioth is right when he says, you know, if I call him to me, he will come. Um, Because... Luke doesn't know any better. Luke is still a farm boy. He is. And he literally cannot tell that this is a trap. No. Luke, it's a trap. Of course it's a trap. (laughs) I think that, like, Kavath's, like, meaning there when he says that, like, I'm a Jedi, you know, he'll he'll come to me. Like, I, I think he thought that like Luke would be like irresistibly like drawn by his power yeah. through the force. And really Luke's just curious. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and not getting too too far ahead, but yeah. Um I also like I don't know, the the ellipse, you will find me again, dot dot dot, and the Jedi say rise again. It's like Kavath is like throws that in as an afterthought. Oh yeah, yeah. and the Jedi will rise again. <laughs> yeah. We're right. totally gonna take care of that. Yeah, yeah that it, that's it, why you should come to uh-huh. me. <laughs> I, I I don't have any nefarious plans. Nope, not at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. <laughs> totally not a trap, guys. Not a trap. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So totally fine. So Luke um basically snaps out of his semi trance and Han is kind of like like snapping his fingers at him almost going like hey Luke uh were you gonna chase those things all the way back to the ty- the Star Destroyer which I thought was like it was such a you know friend making fun of another friend comment yes. um, and so normal and 
Then Luke realizes that he's basically lost a half an hour of time, and this is when I want Brian to edit in the X-Files theme behind the podcast. <laughs> well, and he lost, he lost 20 minutes on the remote. Yeah. With his lightsaber, so, so he's starting to lose time. So he's being abducted by the Force. Midichlorians. He's being abducted by the Force. <laughs> he's going to be anally probed by the Force. <laughs> That's wait no wow. that's a, that's I a different I've story. Podcast, I think yeah. I've read that. That's a thing you just said, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. You missed me talking about anal probe by the fours. <laughs> yeah, that's a title. Novel. This is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. That's our that's our novel title, <laughs> our episode title. Um, no, no. This- actually, I like this. I like this novel idea more. Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> Pounded up the butt by an anal probe force probe thing. This is what happens when you leave the room. This is what this is what we devolved oh, to. This is great. Um. So moving on. Yes, Luke needs to call Fox Muller, which that's a crossover fanfic I'd like to see. Uh, and <laughs> the what? truth is out there, Luke. <laughs> Way out there. Oh God, Scully and Mara together would be unstoppable. Oh my God, They'd that is be- the badass mother f- fracking. They would be rolling their want. eyes so hard at everyone. Like I can't. And Leia this. and Skinner would be in their offices, face palming. <laughs> like, oh God, do we really send these people out to do this stuff? Who's the cry check in this team up? Borsk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's cigarette smoking man? Oh, that's Borsk. No, that's Borsk. No, that's. Mm. No, that's. I think CSM is probably Thrawn. Yeah, I feel like we're getting off track here. No, this is completely on track, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're just getting our '90s uh, tie-in, right? We were all Tyler has religiously watching the X Files. Tyler has no idea what we're talking about. Next week, we'll be making. (laughs) Hey, hey, I know some things about (laughs) the X Files. This book actually predates the X Files by quite a few years. Only two. Next week, we'll be making Buffy comparisons. Okay. Okay. Now that's actually something I can talk about. Awesome. All right, so this section ends with my favorite line by Luke. It's all over? He asks stupidly. <laughs> if you're going to use an adverb, you need to use stupidly. <laughs> I, say, I mean, that, that kind of describes Luke. Yeah. Like, I love perfectly. Luke, but how many of his lines could have Bra- that tag Wait, in there? No, I'm Most putting that as the episode tile, title. He asked stupidly. Hold on. All right. I'm doing that. Yeah, Luke is still a farm boy, really, in his heart. Yeah. And sometimes we see it. See, that's part of the reason I like the old expanded universe at, uh, for a long period of time, because it didn't forget that Luke was just this moronic, no education okay, he's farm not boy. A mor- he's not a moron, okay? We're getting a little carried so away you, here. You don't describe the he theory He grew up that- on a farm and he shot rats for fun. <laughs> that doesn't he's mean he's a moron. Of Hick. So he's you- smart, though. <laughs> he Look, is smart. Listen, he's just very don't be simple classist, and okay? he's not worldly. <laughs> he's, yes. he's, he's not dumb, but he's not educated. <laughs> at, some point, Luke he's Skywalker, smart. at some point, Luke Skywalker said to someone, y'all come back now, y'all here. <laughs> He's, I'm sure he also at one point said, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure he said that after Tatooine, and I'm pretty sure he also learned that from Rogue Squadron. Wes taught him. 
Wes is the world champion of hold my beer. Watch this. If it were an Olympic event, Wes would have the gold medal. I want to, I want to like a fanfic series. That's just all little vignettes called hold my beer. Watch this of Jansen doing something stupid. That's how hobby wound up with two robotic limbs. Oh, now we're really crossing over with Rogue Padron. Someone else who should have gone with the spider. Uh... Hobby? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't read those books. Everyone like, should know, become a spider. If he's missing, t- uh, were they his legs? I mean, I don't know. He lost a lot of limbs. Okay. I mean, I guess he could have like spider legs coming out. <laughs> they of just kept chopping up Hobby and putting him back together. Star Wars saga. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, so we cut over to the Chimera, where Thrawn and Pelion are tracking the attack from further away in the system. And Pelion reports that the Judicator, which is the name of that Star Destroyer, succeeded in capturing 51 mole miners from Lando's operation. Um, while uh, Sabioth re- after Sabioth reports on the success, he um, Thrawn is concerned with how well he was able to communicate and says, it looks like you were having trouble. And Sabiath is like, what I was doing was having a conversation with Luke Skywalker. What? And uh, Thrawn ain't happy. He's like, what the hell? You were talking to Luke Skywalker right now? Like, the dude we need to capture? And probably his sister's there too? What are you playing at? So, um, they kind of have a little back and forth, as they do, and then after Sabiath leaves, Thrawn decides to disavow him of his belief that he is indispensable by capturing Luke as he travels from Camera Planet to Joe Mark. Um... And I freaking love this because Thrawn is just cold-blooded. And I just love that he's like, this guy is getting too full of himself. Let's uh, capture Skywalker and kill him. And it's just, it's so, it's so much like him. But um, after, I've read this book, I don't know how many times, I still don't understand the math that goes into them dropping off Sabiath coming back and ambushing Luke and them still beating Luke as he travels to Joe Mark. I don't understand. Because it's rubber science, Nancy. It's rubber <laughs> science. Know. We're not meant we're not meant to try to understand it. We're I mean just A accept either, it and move on. Either Luke doesn't leave Nikon right away. Nikon. Or B, the Star Destroyer is a whole hell of a lot faster than an X-Wing. I mean, both of those things are probably true. They are, but still. It's so funny because, like, Zahn tries to make sense of the travel time so much. And generally, he does such a good job with it that it's confusing to me because all other Star Wars stories are like, they jumped and then they got there. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, I don't know. This this makes sense to me. I mean, like I say, you know, the Star Destroyer is probably a, a, a ton faster than an X Wing. Yeah, and um, the, I, I think this is a universe that just does not lend to faster than light travel making any sense. Because if you, if you read Zahn's other works outside of Star Wars, like the Icarus Hunt, uh, he gets how to make faster than light travel make sense within the narrative. Mm hmm. It just doesn't work in Star Wars because it's never meant to work in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, if you have not, read the Icarus Hunt. It's really good. 
that's my PSA for the day. Um, so <laughs> um, I like I like the conversation here between Thrawn and Paleon because it, it goes back to what I was saying in a previous episode that Thrawn is like is not a megalomaniac and he's totally willing to like like argue and accept you know better ideas from his subordinates. Yeah, he wants to basically he wants to kill Luke because Sabiath wants him and he's it's almost like a punishment. And then Paleon says, well, um, if you kill Skywalker, he might go back to Wayland and we don't want him to do that. So not only does this show Thrawn's characterization as different from, say, Vader or Palpatine, but it also racks up the tension because we're again reminded that something is going on on Wayland and don't know what it is. Yeah, What's a Sparty cylinder? What could it be? What could it mean? <laughs> I don't know, Matthew. Why don't we, we ask Tyler? Tell the last command. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think is happening here? <laughs> um, but it, but it's a nice, a nice moment between the two of them. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, like I said before, we were they were he talks about like the the barely civil conversation he had with with Thrawn about you know jumping in from wherever. And, you know, he lost that one. But, he, you know, he won this one. He can continue to, to have this, you know, give and take relationship with his superior. And I like that. Yeah. So moving on to Chapter 14, uh, we finally get to see Lando. And uh, he, this is basically an excuse for all of the heroes to get together in a room and chat and have a nice little reunion. Um, it's very much a table setting. It uh, is. Chapter. So like, all right, let's catch our breath and get all the pieces ready to to for the next few chapters. Yeah, and this this is pretty much the last of those chapters until the end of the book. So catch your breath now because it's not coming. <laughs> well, yeah, and I didn't mean that as a plain. No, it's a no, perfectly nice chapter. You know, he writes the dialogue well. And it's nice seeing them. You know, talking yeah. to each other. Yeah. So uh, Lando is not happy about his mole miners. Um, he assures Han and Leia that nobody on camera planet leaked that she was there because um, they, you know, wouldn't have known that they were coming. Um, and they speculate. Also, he would have heard about it because he's still shady as hell. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> or he likes to think he is. Anyway. <laughs> Whether or not that's true is up in the air, I suppose. Yeah. So they speculate on what exactly the Empire was doing there. Were they there? Um what what did they want with the mole miners? And then Leia, of course, is worried that the Empire is is tracking her. Um, so after after some more plot contrivances, which is this is the part though where I have to bring up good guy Han Solo. Um, we find out that in the development of Nomad City, Han to make sure that Lando was not getting into a bad investment, spent an entire day in the library <laughs> researching. Whether or not this had ever been done before and failed. Han <laughs> Solo was a lot of things, and library guy ain't one of them. No. <laughs> so this is also can we like, can we talk about uh, uh, Lord Eculus Fig? <laughs> yeah, who's that yeah. guy? <laughs> That's the most Star Warsy name that ever Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that who, who apparently built Cloud City? That I yeah, I really I really like yeah. that name. Um, I also liked. Um, the, the comment Lando makes that uh, I've always thought putting hyperdrive on something that small was a poor idea. 
since it's kind of a nice uh, foreshadowing of what's to come. Yeah, right. Um, and Han also makes a reference to the Katana fleet, which uh, just seems like a throwaway line, but uh, oh, spoilers Leon. will become significant later. It is not insignificant. Tyler. Uh, lot, lots of nice, lots of lots of nice little uh, yeah. asides and foreshadowings. And, you mean and asides in a Zon novel aren't <laughs> just asides? Plus, we get this guy with this ridiculous name. So, I mean, Tyler. I'm picturing him. He's like this big, like he's basically like a, a happy, friendly version of the Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> oh, Tyler, this is where you plant your foreshadowing tag in your brain. Um, <laughs> just FYI. Not- not about also, the happy Baron Harkonnen. Also, a question for people who have read the Lando comic. Um, does the fig guy make an appearance? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn it! I think well, I'm just kidding. Harry Potter. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although, I wonder now, like, I what is the canon backstory to Cloud City? I'm interested in if that's I changed. hope they canonize Lord Echolus Fig. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I don't know. Some guy, that, that, that guy. Newton. They need to canonize him immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So, so um, this is also the scene when Lando has like what might be the worst idea in Star Wars. Yeah. Which is, well, oh, you guys need to hide. To I can clear. dig you a hole and you yeah. can hide in it. <laughs> I know, right? So, well, going back. Um, so the, the, there's a scene where there's a part where Lando asks Han, like, where's Luke? And they say, oh, he needed to go take a shower because he's been in his X-Wing and it's stinky. You're like, oh, that makes sense. And then they're talking. And then all of a sudden, Luke is saying dialogue. And I, every time I read this book and get to this chapter, I have to go back a page to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I didn't, like, there wasn't a page torn out of my book where Luke came back. You're just mad that there wasn't a scene with naked Luke in the show. No, it's a cut. It's a continuity error. There's a clear scene break between and what giving that help had cost him. And then there's a paragraph break. And then Lando listened to the whole story in silence. There's a scene break. There is? Seriously? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. There's a big old gap on the page. Because I have the I have the ebook copy and it does not. Oh, well, that. Oh, yeah. Mine and my Kindle doesn't have that either. That actually makes a lot of sense. If it's it's Uh, a problem with ebook format. I hate it when they do that. Oh, my God. that, the ebook this... I just read was shifting scenes all over the place, and you could never tell which yep, when the going scene to the physical happened. copy. Now. Well, okay. First yeah, of all, and... I just got very nervous because I have my 20th anniversary copy, and that's the one I keep I by the um, in the office. And I have a page that's folded down, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Nancy, what the hell did you do? Fold down a page of a book?" But I realize this was the page where I had. Timothy Zahn drew draw a heart with a Luke and Mara in it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. I can't tell you when because it would be spoilers for Tyler. But so, uh, okay, wait. Anyway, what? yeah, there's a scene break. <laughs> okay, wait. Thank you. Nope, Nancy's on a mission to find this. Oh, my now. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, oh, this clears up so much for me. I, I was always. That one thing for you. Well, no, because I always used to get really mad. Like, oh, my God, this is such a freaking continuity error. And how could they have missed this? And now I realize they didn't miss it. I'm sorry, Mr. Zahn, that I doubted you. I'm sorry, editor, <laughs> editors from Bantam. 
We we have uh, now gotten to our biggest pet peeve with ebooks. Leave the freaking paragraph breaks there. Well, they usually do. This is the only time now. Uh, now I'm wondering what it, else I've missed. About like half the time with older books, I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I actually try not to get older books in ebook form because they're often like that. Most of my ebooks tend to be like new ones yeah. that are like you know. That is my one problem. Yeah. Off the shelf. Matthew, uh, I'm sorry if you're reading Mage World oh in God. ebook form right now because that is one of the worst. It's so bad. Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. I just finished <laughs> it and it was like I said, there's scene jumps all over the place and there's no there's no scene breaks in in the formatting. It was. I mean, I didn't really enjoy the book anyway, but it was it didn't uh, it didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now that that's cleared, I can go on with my life. <laughs> I'm glad we have solved this great disturbance in the force for Nancy. So, um, so but Luke still choked out the Gamorrean guards. That's he did. Still, <laughs> yeah. that's the important still thing. You're that's still on notice for that. Here. So, um, after a few more plot contrivances, Lando identifies Luke's cylinder as a pre-Clone Wars vintage beckon call, which is really anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, kid. Um, and then they then they ask him the other question, which is, do you know any slicers? And he's like, eh, I don't, but you might want to check out Talon Card. So that's an excuse to go visit Card, which, I mean, do you ever need an excuse to go visit him? Because he's awesome. Yeah, and but they don't know that yet because they haven't met him. He's yeah. the most interesting man in the galaxy. He is. I so. do like the way that... The- Lando phrases that though is that you know they ask him um if there's any slicers that he can trust with Leia's life and he's like no I don't know any slicers that I can trust that far mm. and it's just it's just a nice moment of protectiveness from Lando and like honesty at, at you know at how far he trusts these people I don't know it's just a, a nice character moment I thought mm-hmm. yeah I um I also really like that Chewie is the one to have a much better idea. <laughs> well, better, air quotes. Yeah, um, of taking Leia to Kashyyyk. Um, right, because uh, because better than hiding in a hole is the possibility <laughs> of falling out of a tree. While you're pregnant. <laughs> Way better. Don't, don't At forget. At least she's not to the point of being pregnant yet. Remember, this has only been a short period of time, so she's probably barely even visibly pregnant yet yeah. at this point. So at least she's not to the point of being pregnant where she could fall down for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she was strong, but, you know, nine-month pregnant lady. Probably. Especially with two of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> so they concoct a very convoluted plan involving switching ships so the Empire doesn't know where they're going. Um, and <laughs> we'll see how uh, well that that goes. It doesn't. Spoilers, it doesn't. doesn't. So, um, um, I love Lando's description of Card. (laughs) He says he met met Card one and says he's a pretty cold fish, calculating and highly mercenary. And that's that's pretty accurate. He's a pretty cold fish. Oh God, Brian. (laughs) Only to Lando. Seriously, that was your Lando. I don't think so. Works every time. So after he's a pretty cold fit. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So after this, we get a nice little Luke and Leia scene. Um, she said she was going to ask him to come with her to 
um, Kashyyyk, but she could tell that he had something else that he needed to do. Um, he says, it's right, he needs to go off. Um, Falling into some crazy clones trap. What? Shh. Right, and Leia's flat out like, look at the little, trap. Honestly. Yeah. She She's she's a little passive-aggressive. She's like, oh, I guess you have something better to do. <laughs> um, and he's like, no, uh, yes, it is better because it's going to help your kids. And she's kind of like, oh, okay. They finally talk about where he went to train um, and about the theory that the dark side cave helped shield Yoda and the Force. He thinks this something like this could have shielded another Jedi, um, and he needs to go and uh, pursue this Sabiath rumor. Um, and she's like, well, it could be a trap. And she, he's like, yeah, I know, but I need to go anyway. So at least he's aware that uh, it could be and is probably... Leia's Hermione, and no one ever listens to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leia is sophisticated and worldly, and she's like, Luke, it's a trap. And as like, uh, maybe. And she's like, it's a trap. As the like, show later, as the show notes say, she's fucking smart. <laughs> yes. I like Luke's idea that the, the dark side cave sort of shielded Yoda, like a positive and negative charge canceling each other out. Um, but that doesn't explain how Obi-Wan stayed hidden from Vader and the Empire. Who the hell wants to go to Tatooine? That's how they <laughs> stay right, hidden. Vader was not going anywhere near Tatooine. Yeah. He hates sand. <laughs> of course. I mean, sore. as we see now, he's got plenty of Inquisitors. He could send one of them to Tatooine, but uh, whatever. Yeah, but all the Inquisitors uh-huh. die when they run against some Aladdin knockoff. So, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, um... I l- chuckled at the part where Luke said he's not running off on Leia because <laughs> then I'm thinking of The Force Awakens and I'm like, <laughs> feel the tree, Leia. Sit in a padded room and feel the tree and I'll be back when I come back. Oh. Feel the tree. Honestly, I'm not going to vanish for, for years oh. and years and years. This is fine. <laughs> oh, now I'm sad. So um, I like also the line that they say a full-scale force war between Jedi Masters would be terrifying because I remember this always sort of colored my idea of what the Clone Wars would have been like and that's why um, I ended up being way more excited about the Palpatine and Yoda fight in Revenge of the Sith because that was like what I envisioned a fight between Jedi and Sith to be just because of that line in the book. And I'm like, yeah, you throw those cinepods. Woo. Honestly, <laughs> like this, this, that line, like that, that line always intrigued me too. But like what more uh, encapsulated that line for me was uh, the uh, Palpatine Mace Windu fight. Oh, just because that was so much more like visceral and brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But I really liked seeing Yoda kicking butt. <laughs> Who did? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, let's Why move. does he need the cane then? <laughs> it's a ruse. Uh, but every he, <laughs> never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> it was a surprising about- moment that I enjoyed for what it was. <laughs> um, a surprise. Um. So I just look. It would have been a nice touch <laughs> if he hadn't had the cane in the prequels, but that had, he needed it after the fight with Palpatine. That, that's all I have to say. Noted. Duly noted. 
And they should have gone to Alderaan instead of Naboo. Now, moving on. Always go to Alderaan. <laughs> always go to Alderaan. Never go to Alderaan. It's going to get well, blown up. Except, except in Rogue One. I know I'm going to be shouting at the screen for Bail Organa to go anywhere but home. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, my so, God. Is Jimmy Smith in Rogue One? Shh. Maybe. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> uh, <laughs> so Leia wants to know why a Jedi would stay hidden all those years and that's when I yell at the book yes Leia why would they Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka <laughs> why would you want to stay hidden during a civil war I don't know so yeah I mean in fairness those characters didn't stay hidden <laughs> shh, shh, shh. I mean clearly by the end of Rebels they'll all have been frozen in carbonite <laughs> And resurrected in an animated series that takes place after Return of the Jedi, because that is clearly the only way that that uh, makes any sense. Nothing else possibly could. No. (laughs) (laughs) So this scene ends with uh, 3PO being programmed to sound like Leia in a way to confuse the Empire. And he says, and then Leia responds, do I really sound like that? Which is the precursor to Hermione's, is that what my hair looks like from the back? Yes. <laughs> so um, before we move on, this is sort of the one scene to me that always highlights the difference between the new canon and The Force Awakens. Um, it's not really fair to make a straight comparison because Force Awakens is many years after. So, I mean, there might have been a time five years after Return of the Jedi when, you know, they all get together and hang out. But, uh, like, I w- Tyler, especially, since this is all new to you, like, what did you have any sort of thoughts about the differences between them now and, like, how normal this all seems? Compared to The Force Awakens, where everything has gone to hell and back in a handbasket? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I not really. <laughs> I, it's, like, I just, I think of them as, as two, you know, two separate timelines now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean. I think mostly I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how, like, people going back and reading it now like if they're able to how they're able to separate it or if it if like no i mean it makes sense you can reconcile that i mean even in like the new canon i mean you know they had ben and raised him for a little while i mean Mm -hmm. you have to imagine that they were like a happy couple at you know pretty much until you know luke took him and he went dark and he slaughtered a bunch of young ones (laughs) oh is that all (laughs) which we know is like within five years of the force awakens so Yeah, so I mean, there was plenty of time for them to to be a happy family and go on adventures and you know play you know null coward esque tricks with three PO <laughs> and maybe not save the galaxy. Maybe they spent some time not saving the galaxy. Exactly, that, that could be interesting. It could, or they could have um, Thrawn return from the unknown regions and attack the galaxy again. No one likes my idea. (laughs) Okay. So chapter 15, the group split up. Chewie and Leia go aboard the Lady Luck, which is Lando's ship, which how like, okay, ship names. 
Zon's ship names are all puns. And I just gotta say, he was, like, sitting around trying to think of what to name Lando's ship, and it was, like, he started, he was listening to um, Broadway songs. Right, it's all about guys and dolls <laughs> at this point. Luck. I don't know, Lando's a gambler, Lady, Lady Luck. Luck. I mean, it, it's not, a like, the most genius ship name ever but i mean it fits here's here's the thing though it then describes leia napping in lando's bunk which good for pregnant lady to get a nap but it describes it as being like really small so he has a ship called lady luck that he probably could not actually physically get lucky on (laughs) (laughs) okay that's not what lady luck means (laughs) so you're saying on this ship it is impossible for lando to be up all night to get lucky oh no go away Uh. (laughs) so Chewie and Leia go aboard the Lady Luck Han, Lando, and 3PO go on the Falcon and Luke goes off on his own Lando suggests I can't believe Leia left Han and Lando alone together (laughs) on a ship (laughs) with hyperdrive capabilities and with a droid that can speak 6 billion languages Leia's gonna wake up and find that Han it's the hangover she's gonna have to go bail them out of jail Leia's going to wake up and find out that Han has won some kind of mining operation from Lando, and she's going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> or a planet. Remember that time he won a planet? Uh, let's, Sorry, uh, I'm, let's working on a, I'm working on a piece on that book, so I've, I'm up to my elbows in it right now. It's still terrible, by the way. It's still terrible. Oh, yeah. So, um, Lando suggests going to visit Talon Card. Uh, and he just so happens to come up with the idea. It's not like he's been, you know, planning it since they decided to hatch this plan. Uh, Han agrees. And first they send a message to make it seem like Leia is still on the ship. And uh, there is a reference to a botch Dolphrimia run in which I am just thinking of a noodle incident. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then I was thinking, bro, road trip. This is going to end up like the hangover. The the Holonet uh, equivalent of MTV really should have put cameras aboard the Falcon for this trip. (laughs) It's like my story when Mara and Mirax took their adventures. Which was a great story. (laughs) Thank you. I've read that. But I think Mara and Mirax probably got into more trouble than Han and Lando. They probably just played a lot of sabak. Lando probably tried to get him to bet the Falcon a whole bunch of times. Han is like, I would never bet a ship. What loser would bet a ship? (laughs) 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 Um, So after that, we go back to the Chimera, where Pelion reports to Thrawn that the probes picked up Skywalker and his companions. Yeah, they did. (laughs) What? (laughs) There's nothing sexual back, at back all. Back to the earlier that. getting probed references. Oh god! So Thrawn is able to deduce that three people transferred ships based on the amount of time they were docked together. Because of this course is he ridiculous, does. Ridiculous, by the way. Yes, this is this, this is where Thrawn starts to to strain credibility yeah. for me. Like this is like it was okay, very mustache twirly. Like <laughs> sure, yeah. you can figure out like. That a that a ship is led by an LOM or whatever. By the way, he you know commands his people. Like I'll buy that, but this is just like this is this is silly. <laughs> it's very it's a very old school villain mustache twirling. I clearly cannot choose the wine in front of you kind of moment. 
Yeah. It's um inconceivable. But that I, that would at least imply a level of logic. Like the logic he applies here there's no logic to it. Like he just knows the answer because that's yeah. the answer. Like I mean, it, I, I I would just rather like think of it as instead of him instead of him looking at the footage and figuring out how much time had passed, he just thinks Oh, they probably switched ships because of course they did because they're trying to fool me, but I'm smarter than them. Like, I, I would rather it just be that Theron is smarter than them all, period. <laughs> no explanation needed because he is. Um, so he figures out, of course, that Leia and Chewbacca are going to Kashyyyk. Because it's of the most course, ridiculous part of this entire ridiculous exercise. That was because ridiculous of part. course he does. Um, but he said, you know, he doesn't need to worry about them. The Nogri will take care of them, which, <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you <laughs> underestimate the Wookiees, first of all. Well, uh, I like Paleon's reaction here. What was it again? Like, oh, he says, Kashyyyk's ecology can best be described as a layered death trap. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, Paleon felt his lip twitch. He'd been aboard one of the ships that had been sent to Kashyyyk to to capture Wookiees for the Empire slave trade. And it just leaves it at that. Like, it doesn't go into any more detail about the the no doubt, you know, trying time Paleon had trying to capture Wookiees. Yeah. Um, so uh, after Le- uh, they plan their ambush of, to, of Luke, um, they want to make it seem like he just happened to stumble upon um, this ship that it was in an ambush for him. Um, so, uh, while this is happening, Thrawn is kind of examining sculptures and their hollows of sculptures. Um, and then there's one that is actually real and Peleon is staring at it and Thrawn's like, yes, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's real. Um, this was the only time art didn't help me understand a species. Uh, but he's beginning to understand now when it's too late and, or, and then Peleon's like, well, I'm sure it will help you in the future because he's super diplomatic. And Thrawn's like, I don't think so. It, I'd wound up destroying their world. <laughs> and I was like, which, which tells us that the empire was in the business of genocide before <laughs> and aside from the death star, mm-hmm. like the death star was not their only implement of total destruction. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, Thrawn didn't have a death all. star. No, I, I love this reference, especially when people point out like, Oh, Thrawn isn't really a villain. I always, I'm like, really? Here you go. Here's I here you go. Really here you go. Uh. He has glowing red <laughs> eyes. Uh. What more of a signal? Oh my god. Yeah, no. This, why? I, I do like this. Why do you have to be against glowing red eyes? It's, Some it's people racist. It's kind of a signifier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I like this moment. And I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's what the uh, the high civilian body count in the Rebels reference was. Uh, I was well, the- so, yeah, I want Rebel the I want Thrawn, the climax of that book to be his to be that um, that battle where there were a bunch of civilian casualties. Um, I would also love to to have that be sort of a thing where he destroyed a. A, a species, an entire world, because I know Zahn will want to bring in little stuff like that, and that would be, that would be super cool. So, chapter sixteen, Luke is in his hibernation trance, uh, which is a thing that uh, exists in the Legends universe. 
Um, just FYI, it pops up. Some of up. us call that sleep. No, this is this is more <laughs> than that. It pops up a lot because as medically we, induced coma. Because in in you know in Zahn's books, it takes two weeks to get someplace via hyperdrive. So <laughs> you need a trance. Uh, so he's uh, he's in the trance when he's pulled out of hyperspace by an interdictor cruiser, which we saw in Rebels. Yay, they're canon again. So uh, he does some awesome piloting maneuvers to get out of range of both the interdictor's gravity well and the chimera's weapons and tractor beam. Finally, he uses one last amazing maneuver with proton torpedoes to escape the tractor beam and manages to jump to hyperspace. And I have a lot to say about this <laughs> in case you I like the scene a great deal in case you couldn't figure that out I have a lot of thoughts please Nancy share some of your thoughts with the group first of all even when Luke is about to be captured by the Empire he reaches out with the force to check on the people aboard the freighter to make sure they're okay because boy. this is what he does. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, the freighter is unmanned. But he still doesn't suspect that the Empire was there to ambush him. Because, <laughs> again, farm boy. Farm boy. So Luke pulls off this maneuver where he reverse triggers the acceleration compensators and then uses throat proton torpedoes to sort of distract the tractor beam and break out and jump to hyperspace. Now, if you have read a book called Aftermath by Chuck Wendig, uh, Wedge Antilles tries to do this exact same maneuver in chapter one, but he is thwarted by the awesomeness of Ray Sloan. Because Ray Sloan is better than everyone else. Including Thrawn. This is true. This is canon. <laughs> canon. Canon. Ray Sloan's better. So, um... I mean, she's certainly better than, you know, Enzin uh, Peterson or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, no, Enzin Cole Colzari. So this is the um, this is the section from Aftermath, in case you um, haven't read this book, uh, Heir to the Empire, a bunch of times like me. And actually, I had to read this chapter a bunch of times because I wrote a fanfic in which Luke pulled off this maneuver to get away from the Empire. So I had to go back and research how exactly he did it. <laughs> So that's why I've read the scene so many times. <laughs> so in Aftermath, uh, Ray, is, Ray Sloan is um, on the bridge. And this is, uh, this is a section from that. Someone has come prepared for a fight. She reaches down, flips on the comm again. This is Admiral Ray Sloan. I see you there, little pilot, readying a pair of torpedoes. Let me guess. You think a proton torpedo will disrupt our tractor beam long enough to afford your escape? You afford you your escape. That may be accurate, but let me also remind you that we have enough ordnance on the vigilance to turn you not only to scrap, but rather to a fine particulate matter, like dust. I love that line. Yes, like dust yes. cast across the dark. The timing doesn't work. You'll fire your torpedo. We'll fire ours. Even if by the time your weapons strike us, our beam is disengaged. She clucks her tongue. Well, if you feel you must try, then try. God, I love Chuck's <laughs> way with words. So to Wedge's fairness, he was not flying an X-Wing at the time. So that might have been a difference if he was flying an X-Wing as opposed to the Starhopper. Also, that uh, Ray Sloan had no problems killing 
Wedge outright, whereas they wanted to capture Luca alive. So, in fairness to Wedge, he's probably a better pilot because if you count the Force. Tune in this Saturday to the Antilles extraction (laughs) of Star Wars Rebels. (laughs) And then later on in that scene, when we jump to Wedge's perspective, it says Wedge winces heart racing in his chest like an ion pulse. He knows she's right. The timing doesn't favor him. He's a good pilot, maybe one of the best, but he doesn't have the force on his side. And I kind of like to think that like Wedge and Luke have been have had this friendly competition over the years of who has the best scores. And every time Luke beats him, Wedge is just like, <coughs> Force. <coughs> Jedi. <coughs> Force. <laughs> That's canon yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, yes, I I I love the scene in Enter the Empire beforehand. And when I read Aftermath the first time and... I, I saw that little scene. I was like, oh my God, he's doing the same thing. As in- <laughs> and then it was, it made me laugh because all the people who were like, Chuck Wendig doesn't know who Timothy Zahn is. Ah, blah, blah. He should have some respect. I'm like, dude, he took a move straight out of his damn book. There was like an, an actual homage in yes. there, guys. I mean, he's, he, he, he does that several times. <laughs> so, As one can expect, Thrawn is not happy about Luke escaping. Uh, I like that moment. It it echoes uh, Vader on the bridge of the executor at the end of Heir to the Empire. And also, also, um, I I will now make you never be able to not laugh when you watch that scene. So there's it's very dramatic. And like the music goes down and then you see. Piet's face like oh shit I'm about to die and then Vader just sweeps off the bridge and it's very dramatic there's a guy standing at the exit looking at his data pad and as Vader passes by he just kind of looks over his shoulder at him like what's this dude's problem (laughs) 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 and every time that I look at that guy and I'm like you were not paying attention to what was going on (laughs) <laughs> because the director told him to pretend he wasn't paying attention <laughs> that man is playing Galaga <laughs> <laughs> yes so I like the description here though where Luke's like uh, where is it uh, uh, da, 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 da. something about like oh yeah uh, <laughs> there wasn't even enough time for Luke to wonder what aboard his ship could possibly have made a scream like that <laughs> yeah like, yeah. he's really messed up his ship. <laughs> I, just, I just like that line. It's a, it's a great bit of description. It is. So, Dear Luke, you broke it. You broke it. <laughs> you broke it bad. So, um, Thrawn marches over to the crew pit and murders the guy operating the proton torpedo. Um, and the tractor beam. Te- oh, the tractor beam, sorry. And tells his trainer that he is now able to correct the error before it becomes a mistake. And this is where I go, hey, yeah, all those times where he's not like Vader. Uh, uh, yeah, that, 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 that just happened. <laughs> okay, but I don't think he's actually being like Vader here. Like, I feel like when Vader kills someone, it's in a, in a fit of rage. Mm-hmm. Um, here, like, he's like, he's enacting discipline. 
And it's like, it's sort of, it's certainly brutal over the top discipline, but I mean, you know, it's the empire. And again, he's a villain with glowing red eyes, but like, (laughs) it's way more calculated. Like it feels way more cold and calculated. Whereas Vader Vader kills people as though he were swatting a bug. I mean, Vader is like one step shy of like Kylo Ren's (laughs) temper tantrums in, in the fourth. Runs in the family. He is honestly like, he's more like Skywalker tantrum gene. Yeah. So, so I, I will, I will uh, back those people up who say that he's not like Vader. I think it's coming from a totally different place. Well, um, there is a annotation in the 20th anniversary edition about this scene that I thought was really interesting. Um, two more Tuckerizations. Only these two were charity auction winners. Chris Peterson won the chance to be in my next book, and Brian C- Cole Cleasure won the decision of whether Peterson lived or died. Since Peterson's (laughs) death was his decision, I figured it might as well also be his fault. At the time (laughs) of the auction, they had no idea, nor did I, that my next book would be air. I hope they were both surprised and pleased with their appearances. So interesting that he, you know... um, basically uh, the reader basically decide whether the guy lived or died but i'm i'm, I'm assuming you know he worked it out that it made sense that the yeah guy i died. mean i think <laughs> he just decided that you know this guy was gonna die and so he you know he was a minor character who was gonna die and so he could name him peterson yeah. it's not like that would have changed it it wasn't like calling in to decide if robin lived or died <laughs> <laughs> i would like to see something like this happen on rebels where he what, calling in to see if Ezra lives or dies? Yes. <laughs> Do that. Can, can, Tell we, you how can, we, can we vote on that, everyone? Can we vote on that, please? Yes, uh. let's do the Jason Todd thing, because that worked out so well. <laughs> it worked out fine for many, many years until fucking Jeff Loeb. Um, anyway. Are we talking about comics? Apparently. We can. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Thrawn is pissed, but he's not that pissed because the maneuver that Luke did is totally going to break his ship, um, uh, like within the next light, like half light year or so. So he, he basically needs to bypass the compressor. No. Yes. Wrong, wrong ship. (laughs) So he needs to realign the dilithium crystal. Yeah. He needs to modulate the shield (laughs) harmonics. Fire attack on burst because those two things fix it all. Look, my thing was at least about the engine. <laughs> <laughs> what don't... gets the giant space squid off the hall? Let's do that. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. But um so he tells Pelion to track or to have all of their contacts in the area search um for Luke. It's it's they kind of know where he is, but I like that they treat it as a, a needle in a haystack because even though he can't get that far, it's still pretty damn far. Space <laughs> is pretty space. big. Yeah, space is space big. big. I like that <laughs> Zahn remembers that. Space is Although big. Although, like, Thrawn farming this out to, like, his smuggler contacts, like, that that seems like another contrivance. Like It is! a like contrivance he, actually like he was like he's like oh no we're too busy for Slewis van to to uh mm-hmm. to go look for Luke. like you weren't too busy to set this trap for him you could spend like another you know a couple days like poking around 
Yes. Ron refuses then, to be beaten and lose Luke Skywalker again. So if Luke Skywalker gets lost again, it's going to be someone else's fault. Mm. <laughs> also, I'm not I ready to match wits could... with this guy again yet because this guy actually matched his wit. Also, so, we need I mean, to... I guess you could say that he's like on a very strict schedule and he had allotted <laughs> this amount of time to capture Luke Skywalker and that time is up and now he has to move on to the next item on his schedule. But I don't know. It's just... Uh, Wait, are we I talking mean, about it, Han Solo's it seems to day imply planner that he again? considers Luke Skywalker a very low priority, which I don't know if that's Son's intention. Well, or they not. only offer thirty thousand for him, which seems rather low for the dude who killed the Emperor. Like either that or he, like Han's demand for ten thousand and Mos Eisley was like even more ridiculous than <laughs> we <yeah>. originally thought. <laughs> I'm just thinking Maybe. that after the Emperor was gone, there was no one around to push the papers. Yeah. So actually, there would have been a higher bounty, but people stopped filing the paperwork. That's why like, Leia's is probably ridiculous because she had an official signed death warrant <laughs> and then got away twice. Um, well, and also, we don't know what kind of economic conditions have uh, have persisted in the galaxy since the fall of the Empire. There may have been, you know, a, a, a recession. A recession, and and uh, I'm sure you know, there is a aren't big worth one. What they used to be. Yeah. So, um, they, and uh, yes, this, this is a plot contrivance because we need to get to chapter 17. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, uh, we have reached the end of our reading and this is where I will go around the horn and ask for any final thoughts, Brian. Creative use of proton torpedoes, a plus Luke Skywalker, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Tyler, Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> any last thoughts? <laughs> Did we wake you? <laughs> I I I was typing something. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I'm sorry. I just oh my gosh. No worries. We'll come back to you, Matthew. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it's good stuff. It's it's some nice, good, you know, sci-fi space combat here. You know, it all makes sense with the engines and the proton torpedoes and everything. I like. I like that he nudges the proton torpedo with the force. You know, that's a nice little touch. Um, yeah, no, it's all good stuff. I'm uh, I'm really excited about the next chapter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> uh, tiny spoiler alert here. Han Solo is terrified right now. So terrified that he's willing to send his pregnant wife off uh, to a place where she could be killed by any number of the um how did paleon put it <laughs> layer death uh, traps something, something <laughs> layers death of death trap, trap yeah. <laughs> or fall out of a tree and die of that um and he is really running scared right now this is something that's way over his head he doesn't understand the force and uh that's this is not freak- how the force works <laughs> exactly so he's really freaked out and he he is making some bad decisions and um in true han solo fashion he will continue to make some bad decisions and that will only make the plot thicken. Indeed. Um, if you couldn't figure out, I'm really excited for next week. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Shut up. <laughs> really excited. So, all right, we will, uh, Tyler, wait, before you, Tyler, wait, did you think I'm, of something I'm, to say? Ripped I, Obi-Wan. I, my, my memory's returned. Um, <laughs> You're like, wait, were you like Luke? Did you have your mind? Your, did you lose yourself to the force? <laughs> and then um, Jesse Ventura yeah. and Alex Trebek are going to show up. Yeah. And 
Oh, thank you for that reference, Amanda. That's perfect. Oh, my God. Again, next week we're doing Buffy. <laughs> yes, Tyler. Uh, yes. Um, no, I'm just I'm excited to see like what terrible, terrible, horrible things happen next. <laughs> so, uh, you finally figured also, out. Also, another alternate title for this uh, podcast. Yeah, terrible, awful things happen all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um... Thank you all for joining me this week. Um, next, starting next week, this chapters really start to amp up. I don't want to say like the book has been boring until now because it starts off very strong, has a lot of setup. Um, but now, now we're getting into the meat of it. There, there's there's little time to relax. Hold on to your butts. Unless you consider sleeping on Kashyyyk to be relaxing, and I don't. Not. <laughs> so thanks for joining me again the throngcast is a toshi station podcast and this episode has been brought to you in part by her universe and you our patreon subscribers you can find us all on twitter with the handles toshi underscore station nancy pants that's nancy with an i lane winry D- eh, brian L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E. <laughs> like that. M.R. Bowers, Amanda the Ginger, and Cyberpunk Warlock. That's War- Warlock with a K. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Tune in next week for our description of chapters 17 through 20, when my OTP finally meets and I spend the entire show making kissy noises. Bye! So long. Yep. Adios. Adios.